Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Something occurred to me while I was leaving the movie theater. This summer is like the summer of the the ghost of summer 2020. <laughs> all these movies that have been coming out, like the last, all these blockbusters that are getting put out now, they they're a year old. They were supposed to come out last year, you know. Yeah. And these all got held for a year, so these are like ghost movies. I think it literally is going to be that that the rest of the year too. It right? looks is like there, it. Yeah. Is there anything that's like on the regular trajectory? date i feel like no <laughs> i don't think so i feel like everything that's coming out was supposed to come out last year yeah because we had and and people are psyched like when they make the you know the box office numbers come back just to show that the box office is still alive yeah but at the same time they're like these numbers are are lower than they probably would have been originally, right? I was listening to Quentin Tarantino on a podcast. You know, he's been going around promoting his book and stuff. Yeah. And he said that uh, 2019 was the last year of movies as we used to know them, that that was a big shift, and that's going to be always known as like a paradigm shift where movies changed because if you think about it, 2020, what did you tell me? Okay, uh, everybody knows what happened 2020, but the biggest movie was like Bad Boys for Life, you know? Yeah, that blows my mind. Like yeah. I'm just being a, like going in there and I like to look at the stats yeah. of just like numbers and you always see what the biggest movie of the year is and it that really stands out of like 2020 being those like that really was the biggest movie and it came out in January. I know. <laughs> and so like um in 2019, remember you had like the Joker movie that made a billion dollars, you know? Our yeah. R-rated Joker movie made a billion dollars in uh, 2019. You had Quentin Tarantino's last movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I don't know that that would come out and make a, a crap load of money today, you know? Um, right. Anyway, that was just a big change. And now we're back to smaller box office. I don't think it's going to regain the same traction that it used to. I think you're going to still have these big openings. But now with the... So the video window shortening, getting so short and so convenient, and people are just willing to wait a few weeks till they can just purchase it on their remote. Um, I think those box office halls are going to be shrinking. Yeah, and and yeah, I heard you know Tarantino talking about. You know, it's kind of funny that he's just like he thinks boutique movie theaters, gimmick theaters are going to be fine, but he's like some of these big chain ones are going to die. And then he's like, good. You kind of ruined the movie experience anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. But yeah, I mean, I think the big change uh, noticeably for me was, you know, the Black Widow opening because it, I felt like that was the first time Disney, or I mean, Disney or any, maybe another one already did it that they included you know, obviously it, it dropped on Disney plus the same day. You can play the $30 to get it. And they included that in the box office tallies. That's going to be the new norm, right? Yeah. 
I think and, so, because they're like, we made this much domestic, this much international, and this much on Disney Plus. And then they kind of like, that's how much to do it. And it was just like, wow, they usually weren't very open about that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because it's it's padding the numbers now. The, some, some of the uh, purchasing power is just going to shift to that premier access or whatever. And low key, they love it. They want that. Why not? You don't have to cut the theater owners in on that stuff, and you're straight making the thirty bucks without having to pop any popcorn. And yeah, do anything. And think about it. It's just like that was so. It was just like it was close, right? Because it was eighty million domestic, but it was like sixty million that they made on Disney Plus. Yeah, almost just as much. And what's crazy is they drug their feet on that. Remember, they didn't want to do that. Yeah. And then finally, theaters opened. And they're like, okay, now we're gonna do. We're gonna do both. And yeah. but. Honestly, I think it's smart because it's just like if there's one or two people like in your household or, or your a movie group that you're going to go see it to, it's cheaper to go to the theater and pay for the experience than if it was one or two of you staying at home to pay the 30 bucks. Right now, a family of four, a family of five, it's going to be more expensive for you to go to the theater. So you're going to just spend it at home and it actually be cheaper. Yeah. And plus you get to keep it right. You get to watch it over and over. Yeah. So, I mean, I I'm think kind of okay I, with that strategy. I think the thing about them not wanting to put things on premier access is a, also a remnant of the past. I think once, I think that a lot of that comes out of the fact that these bigger stars usually have it on their contract, that their films have to go to the theater. That yeah. the studio cannot put their stuff out on on straight to oh, DVD yes, you're or straight right, to video, whatever, right? But now they're realizing these grosses they can make free and clear on Premier Access. You'll see things start to change where that's going to be okay because so and so has it in their contract that they get this much of the Premier Access. Uh, you know, they get a bigger cut of that, which is more you know more cash. So here, yeah. real quick, I wanted to go over the movies that have come out so far. The Ghosts yeah, of Twenty Twenty. The Ghosts of 2020, ghost Summer of 2020. 2020. Yeah. Um, I saw it's uh I guess this is the first the first half, I don't know, first month. Anyway, yes. Summer movie review. Um Let's do it. the big ones have been A Quiet Place 2. Did you see it? Oh yeah, I loved it. Yeah. And it's just like to me, it's like, well, we'll talk about the other movies. I'm I I like it, I liked it a lot. I think it's just as solid as the first one. And I'm surprised that's the number one. That's sitting on top, but that was basically the first foray into like theaters are back. Right. Right. And I think, I wonder if that, that hype and you had Krasinski that he was going and popping in to theaters and surprising the guests, but maybe that a lot too, but also it was, it was a really good movie. Yeah. Solid, uh, solid sequel. I, I pretty much liked everything about it. I like where they took everything and just kind of sp- separated. This is a spoiler review, by the way, if you haven't seen it. Yes. Just you know, whatever. Yes, you, all about the spoilers, right? But uh, I like how they split everybody up. You know, yeah. Well, I, I, you know, you. I thought it was going to be maybe a retread of the original, and you know, they're going to be hiding out, trying to survive. But instead, they took every character had their own little adventure. It, yeah, and that added to the the tense because you know you always think in a horror movie you like to stick together. So right. just by splitting up, you know, Scooby Doo introduced us to like shit. Bad shit happens when you split up, right? You know, so like when they split up in Scooby Doo mode, it's like we're gonna go in different modes. Like, oh no! So it added to the intensity for me. Yeah, and I really liked. Um, I really liked how they sort of advanced the overall storyline. Uh, you know the the big the big world storyline. You know. Yep. You got a sense of uh what else was going on out there. But uh I thought it was great. Good solid yeah, and, solid sequel. And I wouldn't have and I would say 
part two or three, right? Because if you would have saw the original one, you would have said, okay, they don't have to make a sequel. But now that they did, now I feel like in a way they have to make a third one. Yeah. Well, yeah, because right. they, they it's it's sort of ended on that same note as the first one, right? First one, yeah. it ends with them discovering how to how they can kill these creatures. Um, and then the end of this one, it ends on that note. It was really short, by the way, and I love short films. I love it when, when horror movies are short, but this one left me just kind of like, ah, right there, no. <laughs> Don't cut it there. But anyway, so at the end yeah. of this one, they've um, – this method of kill of you know killing the key creatures with the hearing aid and stuff. So now they've got it broadcasting on the radio. So it's like in Whoa, mass. In right? mass. So this is available to anyone who um who who can can pick up the the broadcast. So yeah, and I like the idea of of adding. Uh, you know, we talk about this when we're writing our own scripts, right? It's just like the rule book, and they introduced us to a new rule. You know, these things can't swim. So now there's just like okay, so now you know how to stop them, you know, with the, with the high pitched noise. But now you also know that there could be safety if you can get to a place where there's a body of water. Yeah. And the rules. They can drive a boat apparently though. Yeah. Yeah. They did. Yeah. He definitely was a stowaway. Yeah. So good. Anyway, it was good. Um, solid sequel. Uh, definitely worth the watch. Yeah. And now the, the, the second movie that I think you're going to bring up is the one that I thought would have been on top. Um, yeah, the second movie of the summer, which came to save us, to bring movies back, was Vin Diesel and the gang in yes. F9, The Fast and the Furious, Part 9. Yes, because what nothing says movie better than family. Family. Now, look, <laughs> I put off seeing this movie for a long time. Because, you know, I, I'm one that gets easily sucked into the hype. When a movie's coming out, I'll be like, I don't want to see it. But then the weekend hits, it's getting released. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go see it. I got to see it. Because it's the yeah. big movie for the weekend, whatever. Yeah. Um, building up to this one, I think I watched all the other Fast and Furious films um, on streaming and on cable, and sort of did the whole background uh, and everything for the even for the trivia video we did and all that. So yep. by the time I got to t- through part eight, I just didn't really want to see part nine. It was like I wasn't really in the mood. <laughs> I remember you're a little hesitant. You're like, ah, I feel like I saw it already. <laughs> yeah, I just wasn't in the mood, and I, I don't know. Those the films they they don't particularly grab me, you know. Um, I could tell you six, seven, and eight are a blur. I don't. They all just kind of blend together. Yeah. But uh, when I went into this one, I knew immediately this was different. This was a different. We were in a, we were do, in different territory on this one. Yeah, I don't know if we were just because he was setting up for the the crescendo, right? Because it's just like, yeah, I had the same feeling. Like that's why I was just like, we should do trivia because I feel like. I would suck because they're just like they all blend into as one big film. Yeah. You know, so this one definitely feels like they're they're setting up for their for their final for their final run. Right. For the F10 part one and part two. I mean, they're definitely it's definitely changed the tone of the series. This is like Vin Diesel thought he was making like Godfather two. You know, (laughs) it was like it's it's. It's comedic and silly and dumb, but almost endearingly dumb. You know, uh, oh. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I can't describe it. I enjoyed this one more than the last three, which I could not. I couldn't tell you what happened in any of them. I just know that those had the Rock. I think Vin was really happy that the Rock was gone, and he was having a ball on this movie. Um. I don't like right off the bat. It feels weird, right? It's like they're they're missing some of their crew. Brian's not there. The Rock's not there. 
uh, right? It's they're just shorthanded overall. They are, yeah. And uh, it just it felt like this was more like Dominic Toretto and the band. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. I think uh, you think that having not have having the rock on set, you think that actually helped with their their dynamic because we don't know it's just like everybody loves the rock and like you hear him uh on social media and see no problem do you think but this is the only time you ever hear of any issues with the rock on set do you think that uh, affects the dynamic of their performance like did vin diesel feel lighter we're not having to worry about the rock i think that this is definitely the squad that is on the vin diesel side of that debate and i think it was pretty evident and i don't even i don't know i don't know how much input uh, Vin Diesel gets on the script, I guess, a lot since he's a producer. But it, this movie just felt like it was all about Vin, and that's it. It's all about Dominic Toretto and it, and the Dominic Toretto legacy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. He, he's got this. Like he's they they've transcended now beyond anything making sense or being believable, whatever. And you know how. Uh, Indiana Jones has that memorable look. You see the guy, the fedora, the whip, the leather jacket. You know it's Indiana Jones, right? Yeah. No yep. matter what the situation is, Nazis, ancient Egypt, anywhere. That's his – the jungle, that's what that's his getup, right? <laughs> now you got Vin Diesel who's created this. No matter what's happening, no ma- wherever, <laughs> it's like clean white T-shirt, <laughs> clean white T-shirt, shotgun, and muscle car. <laughs> and like when that first scene, you know, obviously the film starts off with a, I don't even, I don't know. I don't know how much they even say, but the first sort of mission they're on, you see everyone in these, you know, jungle trucks with huge tires, you know, trying you know traverse or like uh whatever, uh, dirt bikes and stuff. And he's Yo. just driving through the jungle in a Dodge. <laughs> it's just a Dodge charger. And then he hops out in a clean white shirt and jeans, and everyone else is in tactical gear, you know? Yeah. He's just <laughs> jeans and a muscle, jeans and a white t shirt. So, yeah, and his, and his shirt, it, it, he's got a hell of a, be- a bleach program because they're, they're always clean. Yeah. You know, it, for working on cars, he gets no oil on him, no <laughs> grease. <laughs> and then he's going through a jungle and he just has no issues. <laughs> so, I mean, it felt like it felt strange. It felt, it felt like a new take on the whole thing. It's relentlessly stupid, like just just a comedy. What all? Yeah, I, I think John Cena was a good addition. You know, I wasn't sure how he's going to do. I just John Cena's doing way better in Hollywood than I expected. The only thing that was super noticeable to me is like when like we walk by sports cars and like yeah, we I was like I can't fit in that. And Cena looks so crammed into his car when he was driving yeah because <laughs> he's just like he's so freaking big yeah like it was, it was like oh man you're really squeezed into that front seat <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah he's a good addition i will you know i'll see the, all of them in theaters and i'll see it to the end is it my like although how many film series have the the, the legacy that they have right 11 films i mean well I mean, that's up there with two like, more coming right yeah, so at there's least, gonna be tw- right? twelve and even dozen, and then we'll have other spinoffs, and they're gonna have another Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, um, you got the female. You're gonna have the female Fast Family. Yeah, and then yeah. Anyway, so I, it was uh, it, it, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it more, but not because I thought it was good. It was just, it was just so. It was just. Fun. It was enjoyable. Yeah, it was enjoyable. No, 
You it, know? Was, it was popcorn, popcorn flare, which is yeah. fine. Not all, they don't hundred floors of fright. They don't all have to be winners. Right. <laughs> so we'll take it. So yeah, that was definitely to me. There's a couple of films that it very stood out of just like part of like the 2020 pandemic, you know, victims. Yeah. There was a great, uh, there was a great meme that came out last year about all the films that fell, but they basically 2020 was played by the part of Thanos. And it was that scene in infinity war where he just toyed with everyone and each hero that fell represented a film. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great meme and, and quiet place fast nine. And the third one, which we haven't seen, which was the first victim is the next James Bond. Uh, so that remains to be seen. I think that even got pushed to 2022, right? I'm not sure. So, but yeah, Fast 9, it was good to finally even see that in theaters. Okay, and then the next one was the most recent, uh, finally, Marvel back in the theater. No more TV bullshit. Here's a film, because we make films. Here's the film we made. It's called yes. Black Widow. Yeah. What'd you think and about the Black Widow movie? I, I I think I liked it more than other other people did. I yeah. thought for for being something we knew going in, it was going to be shoehorned between two great Marvel films with Civil War and Infinity War. So you're like, okay, it's it's a prequel. Uh, spoiler alert: obviously, we all know that Black Widow is is no longer among the living. So it's just like you knew. So it's just like, okay, well, you know, she's going to get out of this alive. So I think that's that's a really tough in a film series. That's all about phases and pushing things forward. It had a lot of weight on it on top of it was the first Marvel film that we had in theaters since Spider-Man far from home, which way back in 2019. Right. So it's just like, yeah, that's a lot of weight. So considering, but again, I really liked it. I'm glad, uh, Actually, I ended up seeing it twice, you know, because my son was out of town and he like went on a lark late last night because he couldn't sleep. And I was just like, I had a rough day. I was like, I'm going to go. Let's go see it. Yeah. So I saw it again. And I was like, okay, I, I wasn't crazy. I really enjoyed it. And I yeah. think I think it was the casting. I think the, the, the casting was so strong that it's just like, you know, because she's been around since Iron Man, too. So it's just like who you're going to surround her with. Right. Uh And I just think Rachel Weiss, you know, who I always loved in The Mummy, David Harbour, you know, everyone's, you know, favorite from uh, Stranger Things. And then you got Florence Pugh that is just like, if she's going to be the annoying, it's like, I know there's nothing like she's the actress that I know who she is, but I couldn't tell you what else she's been in. Right. But you know her. Yeah. And then it's just like, but they had a great dynamic Uh to me. So it's just like, I, I really dug it. Yeah, um, I I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. Um, Marvel just has a quality control department that doesn't let anything bad slip through anymore. Yeah, they just won't do it. Everything is everything is crafted by scientists. I think there's just people back there making sure that the comedy and the uh, every and everything about it is calibrated to perfection, so you will be guaranteed to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Yeah, involuntarily. It was. I thought it was fine. It felt old to me, like very much so. Like I felt like this is. It just out of the three, it felt old. Like I felt like this is information from a whole a long time ago. You know. Yeah. And you know, it's it it's fine. Obviously, it all makes sense in how it gets shoehorned into the chronology and all that stuff. But again, I just think we're three Disney Plus series in now. It just feels like part of something else. This one yeah. feels the most to me like a ghost. 
Yeah, no, and I can totally see that because it it theoretically it is right because we're we're getting invested in a yeah. story of a character that we know is already dead. Right. So it's like, how do you invest in someone that you know you basically know? It's kind of like life, right? We yeah we we go through this voluntary amnesia and we don't remember volunteering to it. That's why it's called amnesia. Right. But I mean, because we would live life differently if we knew how it was going to end. Right. So it's just like it made it tougher. I think she had a tougher. Uh, a tougher tale to tell because we know how it ends for her. Yeah. And I think, um, so it was a ghost. Yeah, you're right. I think that I, this one to me suffered from an old, uh, superhero problem that we don't see as much anymore, but I think this one had character overload. Honestly. Um, I just thought that, I, you know, Rachel Weiss and David Harbour are great and they were great in their, in their roles and they added a lot, but I thought there was so much story between, uh, the sisters that should have been the central focal point. You know what I mean? Yeah. This felt like it could have been maybe even two movies or a two part, or we get the family in the second part, you know, I don't know. It, yeah, just, I could it, totally it felt that. like a lot. It, I felt because of that, it's the WWE problem where everybody suffers collectively. Cause no one is able to get the spotlight, you know? Yeah, no, I can totally see that. You know, they, it was a lot because you're just like you had this family and they were only together for three years, you know, but they still kind of made that bond. But she made it basically, you know, it had the the whole family theme that she had to make peace with that. But she had to make peace, peace with three different people at the same time while they were making peace with her. Right, exactly. And like when uh, the first scene where... Um where uh, Natasha, run, you know, runs into her sister or they or they reconnect after whatever. I don't know how long it's been. They start fighting and beating the shit out of each other immediately and yeah. then kind of just stop. And it's like, <laughs> OK, so what how did it get to that? That was kind of unexpected to me. He's like, how did it get to that point where you're you're trying to kill each other the second you see each other? How is it that what is, you know, what is the depths of your relationship? I thought all their stuff was great, you know? And then when yeah. the family kind of comes in, it, it opens it up. But again, it just sort of like it. I felt like it was too much. Yeah, I can see that. I can I, I can get behind that. But I, I don't know. Like I just I I I just love an army of women with swords coming at you. Yeah, <laughs> I was just like, what a what a great. Uh, and I don't know if this kind of fell at the same time that it was just like you know it was definitely a girl power movie, but I, it just felt like very. You know, just to see that, you know, when he said that, you know, the largest natural resource that's kind of wasted is like girls. And he's just like he's creating this army. So I don't know if that was supposed to be like that girl power movement. I feel like the only thing that wasn't a girl power thing that came across as a little bit weaker to me that could have been stronger was the reveal of the taskmaster uh-huh. of being the daughter, just because. I already kind of, I don't know, the muscle suits on every single hero already kind of weirds me out. But like seeing her head in that entire muscle suit, it's just like how much of that is actually her body? Yeah, That kind of weirded me out because the whole time we just basically saw her, you know, going toe to toe with David Harbour and flipping things. And it's just like, okay, so now she's, I guess she's more like a robot. But then it's just like, but her head is there. She's like Darth Vader. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That same thing that people had with the trouble with Hayden of just like when you took it off because you expected somebody bigger. Right. And I was just like, they could have just, for me, then they should have just committed and Taskmaster should have been in a smaller suit. And then yeah. I would have been, I think I would have been fine with that then. Yeah. It was, but, I think it was just to be, to have a misdirect. 
you know. So, yeah, and, it, and it, I guess you have, it, you have it a limited worked. you have a limited amount of characters in a, in a movie, and like when you see the trailer, it's like revealed. It's like, oh, this person has to be that secret character. This person, it's like the options to who's going to be this mysterious mass character are limited, right? So yeah. I think even before the movie came out, the internet was like, no, Rachel Weiss is going to be the Taskmaster. No, it's it's the dude who gets her yes. the, the the jets and stuff. He's the Taskmaster, yeah. and so. They just yeah, and really, then I heard Hawkeye a few times too, and I yeah. thought that was a little uh, that was a little weird. Yeah. But I was like, because they were working really hard, you know, to connect this to the other. Like this one to me, it had the most name drops of yeah. all the uh, ones of just like referencing all the other, you know, all the other heroes got a reference. Yeah. You know, Captain America name dropped a bunch. Thor right. name dropped. Iron Man name dropped. Talking about how she's an Avenger and she's on that magazine. So I think. I've, as much as you feel like this is a ghost movie, I think five years from now, 10 years from now, for somebody who hasn't watched this and they watched it in chronological order, yeah. they did a really good job. It literally is like going to be the perfect puzzle piece. And they're not going to realize that this came out much later. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I and think I, maybe that was the idea. Yeah. I mean, and that's fine. But um, I think it was it, overall it was good market quality but i think there's two things the the, <laughs> the two things that are really the star of this movie is uh yolana belova right this yeah is, this oh. movie is all about as much as this is about black widow or, or natasha this is about getting yolana belova over over yeah as, as she, a, got, a she and, got a ton of laughs she got a ton of laughs her second is that vest Oh, the vest was money. Yeah, <laughs> the, the vest was a, the whole vest gag was adorable. Even though it's just it was kind of a lame setup to just you know get across how Natasha got the vest she's wearing in Avengers Endgame or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of like, but I really just the way they strut they stretch it out for the whole movie and she kept she was she was always putting it back on when they try to take it and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was adorable. No, I thought that was great. I, again, and I think that's going to be all those all those little things. They worked really hard to craft this to be like, okay, you watch this after Civil War and you won't realize that there was, what, five, six years apart in theaters. Yeah. Uh, but think about it, the only thing they did to push anything forward was the post-credit scene. And that was even to me, I feel like that was to push forward a series more than it was to push forward the next film. I don't know. But again, that, that sort of just loses its strength because we've already seen that happen. Yeah, we've already seen. Uh, I forgot her that character's name, but uh, uh, Valentina, know, Elaine yeah. from Seinfeld. She yes. like uh, was recruiting uh, John Walker. So we've seen this scene already. I don't know. Didn't it have, did, I didn't, it, was there a second one? I didn't. There was another scene. No, no, there was just that one, and it was just like I guess the big push was going to be again. I'm guessing it's leaning towards the Hawkeye series because basically they're like. This, you know, you get your next target is the person who's responsible for your sister's death. And then they showed Hawkeye. Yeah. I was like the second time in the theater, I got a lot of gasps Yeah, that people were shocked to see it. So I was like, okay, well, at least again, that's pushing something forward, but I think it's pushing the series forward. So two, two things stand out besides the, the film review on this is just like, I think this was the first foray into what we talked about. Now you're going to get to choose. Would you like to watch this at home or would you like to watch this in theaters? And two, now we talk about the TV series setting up the films. Now I feel like a film just set up the TV series. Well, I think there's, I mean, it's just going to be one linear chronology. Like everything is going to connect. So yeah, it's going to weave in and out of the Disney's going to make you watch every single thing. If you want to follow the story. Yeah. Which uh, I, we, we will. Yeah. But, but it was interesting. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, I again, I'm I was cool with the theatrical experience. And it like I guess now the new rating is going to be. Did you see it in theaters or did you see it at home? Right. Uh, but this one, I'm glad I I I seen it in theaters. Uh, I'll pay twenty bucks, not thirty bucks. 